Cover City Sports is back. Another episode, Steve. What have we got in store this week, Dave? We went uh, we went deep in the saloon talk uh, this week for the listeners. Yeah, I was getting into the uh, Odell Beckham video, but we also got into a little conspiracy with the Jets firing Greg Williams. Not that there's any anything to be shocked about when you see someone on the Jets staff get fired, but we got some details there. Biggest conversation of the week, DC. I think we're we're rolling uh, with the Ohio State and the Big Ten, and what is going to transpire there? Yeah, Ohio State. Do they belong in the playoffs at six and zero? Or should they be automatic, automatically disqualified from conversations? We got our opinions coming in this episode. Lantern, let it rip. Yeah, Cover City. Cover City Sports, we're back. Episode 20 on 12-9-2020. Steve-O, what's going on? Yo, Dave, you know what season it is? It's Christmas season, baby. Ha-ha! My boy Stevie here is going to get us fired up to start old episode 20 off. I mean, if you don't get fired up for Christmas music, you're not even a human. Rue, how about you, man? Did Christmas music just do it for you there? Follow up with that. Uh, Same old, just wrapped up the second to last college semester. Second to last? Yeah, we got one more. It goes quick. It does go quick. Uh, Not Lantern. if you go for seven years. <laughs> Steve, I was going to help yeah, you with the they're last called semester. doctors. That's where I fell. <laughs> Lantern, how about you? What's going on in the booth? Little 20 twin twin. The number is actually 19. The first 19 James Bond films are streaming on YouTube for free. RIP Sean Connery. I know what I'm doing for the next 19 nights. Straight through 19 nights. The 19 nights of uh, James Bond Christmas. But did you know that Casino Royale was the first novel? What's that, Pat? Casino Royale, the movie? No, what's a novel? <laughs> DC, how's things in your world over there? They're good. They're good. I had uh, I had two coyotes in my backyard last night. Coyotes? Coyotes. Yeah, I've never, never seen them before. Like from West Canaan, Texas? <laughs> yeah. had um... Varsity Blues? Varsity Blues, yeah, had a tweeter back there, tweeter and uh, and what was the fat one? My, oh, Billy Bob, Billy Bob. Yeah. So, <laughs> fun fact: coyotes, coyotes, they took out my whole chicken coop, took all of them out. These things could have took my dog out in a, in a heartbeat. Wait like, a minute. So the hen house away is with no longer the hen. Yeah, no. We stuffed it up with shit. No more, no more chickens. Son of a. Son of a what's the Christmas version of that? Son of a, son of a <laughs> nutcracker. <laughs> Christmas season day, we gotta, gotta stick to it. The energy's gotta be high here. Uh, well, yeah, let's let's uh, some some high energy here. We had some uh, winners again in last week's DraftKings Cover City DraftKings. Uh, Vito took first place again, the first person to ever go back to back first place. We've back seen to back, back to jacks. back in the money, but Vito, our handicapper, back to back first place. You know what he did? He had Patriots defense last week that scored thirty one fantasy points. Fun fact, he would have won without it. He would have won with a zero. More fun fact for, for everybody else. I had them too, but finished in like 11th. <laughs> but it's better than 20th. <laughs> better than my usual 20th. Mid-major Mark came in second. He's constantly in the money. And uh, we salute you, Marines3462, for, for taking third place. Haven't seen his name before, so hopefully he hops back in again. But we'll have that out again next week. The Sunday games, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Um, find that link on our Twitter or Instagram. Hop in 10 bucks, uh, win yourself some money. Hey, I'm talking about money, ho! Uh, so let's hop into some Cover City Saloon talk. Steve-O, let's start with you, man. What, uh, what got you fired up this week? This weekend, Dave? 
Yeah, well, I'm going to actually let this guy's wife do a little bit of talking for me uh, right now. The Giants showed Russ the D. And now they're going one, two step all the way to Super Bowl 55 in Tampa, baby. Tell him, Sierra. Giants D was looking, was looking good. That's what she said. <laughs> D is looking good in New York. Uh, you know, made 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 uh, Russ look. Uh, I would have to say, uh, <laughs> he's not a machine. He's a man. Oh, Rocky Four again. But no, definitely. Uh, you know, they they held Russ in check. They held the whole offense in check. DK Metcalf. Um, you know kept him uh below much below his, his season average so giants defense looked good four in a row they did finally beat that over 500 team that you were asking for dave so let's see if they can keep building on it, i think but that had me that had me pretty fired up on uh sunday g-men big win yeah i asked for for them to beat a winning team and they uh they did just that against a, an awesome Seattle it was actually team. pretty exciting it felt like the super bowl for giants fans it was like here we go, getting a little too carried away. A little too carried away. <laughs> yeah, now, winning, now that you're a Bills fan, <laughs> I, I did feel I, I did slowly sense, coming back. Yeah, I, did sense, train. I did sense a little, uh, you know, uh, energy from from you uh, from your text messages. Yeah, it was exciting. Real, what about you? What what uh, what, what got you going this week? Um, so I think you guys saw it. Uh, Mayweather call and didn't call him out, but they managed to have an exhibition fight in February. Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Uh, I want to know your guys' thoughts about this. I thought it was interesting with Logan Paul as a one-on-one boxing career, and he's going to fight 50-0, Floyd and Money Mayweather, arguably the best fighter of all time. I don't see um, – Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Well, pound let, for let's pound. open up these odds. Pound so for pound. Logan Paul is plus 1,200 right now, and Floyd is minus 5,000. I just feel like in this fight, Logan Paul will be punching air once it comes around. Oh, no doubt. But he – I mean, he knows it. He said he's going to – he lays one punch on this guy. He'll split him in half. That was yeah, his thing. True. He goes – he said it is – it's possible for someone to land a punch on him. Mm-hmm. And he says it's possible I could do it. And if I do, I'll win the fight. Yeah, so he's got eight Doesn't mean it's him. happening. And eight. it doesn't sound like he thinks it's happening either. <laughs> eight inches on him, 40 pounds. It was also – it's kind of like unheard of to cross weights in boxing. I just feel like it's kind of only almost a disgrace to the fight to have a 5'6 fighter against 6'2". But – I don't know. We'll find out. I don't think he sees him during the match. First of all, first I don't of all, know what to think. I, I, Mayweather's I not signing up for this unless it's somewhere in a contract that he's automatically winning. And, and just not. And it's or, an expedition. Expedition? Ex, <laughs> it's an exhibition. <laughs> it's supposed to be an exhibition. My wife's going to yell at me. I better stop. <laughs> Man, I, I said to my to us before we started here tonight, I wasn't going to go to Rocky Four tonight, and here we are twice Can't already. Get away from it. Can't get away from I love it. that guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Mayweather is used to making $100 million per fight. So Tyson fight that brought in $80 million. $80 million. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of this, I think. You're going to see a lot of these, like, celebrities. Is it good to bring notice to the sport, or is it kind of just, like, ridiculous that they're making – it, to me, it's a mockery. It's I, I was a literally going to use the same it's word. It's an absolute mockery of it. It's well, like it's basically saying I'm a washed up hack who can still make ten million dollars off of a pay per view fight because people are going to pay to watch. People want, like people want to watch boxing. There's no good boxing to watch. No, so they're willing to spend money to watch a YouTube star. Uh, I don't feel basically like spar ten million is even employed. Floyd no, Mayweather's he's a hundred million. He's a hundred yeah, million. Least, yeah. Right? yeah, and if the Tyson fight got. 80 mil this this should get 100 no but i'm oh, saying God, yeah mayweather himself 
takes home a hundred million a fight. That's what he takes home. At least. Yeah. So Logan Paul also said he was like, this is a street fight. I beat Mayweather up. If it's in the UFC ring, I beat Mayweather up. I feel like I still have a chance in the boxing ring, which I kind of agree with. I don't agree with he has a shot in the boxing ring, but I do think just out in public and pure man strength, he would punch Mayweather. He'd have to take a lot of, be able to take a lot of punches to the face from Mayweather. I just, I mean, we're talking about 220 pounds, 6'2", compared to 145, 155, 5'6". What will happen is Mayweather will just work him around, work it around. It's an exhibition. And and then, you know, like kind of what he did to McGregor. He gave him four rounds, and McGregor just was, you know, dead ass. And Mayweather just used his face as a punching bag. You know, it's like, we love seeing Mayweather fight. We don't, I mean, he's not laying any home run hits. No, no. No, but, but that's, not, that's also not his style either. Yeah. Dave, what about you? What about your saloon talk here? Well, you going to cry? I, I'm, well, I already know what you're going to talk about. So I don't... Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> so put emotions aside for this oh, sorry. one. All right. All right. All right. I, I don't know if the listeners saw this, but Odell Beckham was on the OT, I believe the OT covered podcast. Asking about, they were asking about his time in New York, and I thought Odell was absolutely spot on describing his last two or three years in New York. So he had the two blow up years where he kind of exploded, came onto the scene. He was basically saying that the Giants organization was content with having an average record. They had Eli towards the end of his career, and it was evident that Eli needed some help, just like, you know, Tom Brady needs help this year. And that they were just kind of randomly drafting people. The organization had like no culture, no direction where they were going. And they refused to build around Eli. Like they were content going five and 11, five and 11. And then he even described, which I I agree with him, when they went 11 and five, it was because their defense was letting up 10 points a game. And that was it. And he's like, I didn't want to be a part of that culture anymore. And I feel like I've I've hit on this one or two times, but this is like the one time I actually completely agree with Odell. Because they traded him. I was all for him getting traded. Thought it didn't make sense to have a $100 million receiver on the team, especially with a, a big mouth and a big head when you, you know your, your, your quarterback was in the last year of his career. So uh, I think a lot of Giants fans pushed back on this and disliked it, but I completely agree with him. When was the last time you saw the Giants trade like in season to be better for that season? You know what the crazy part about the whole Dell era in New York too, though, Dave, is – after his second year, which he blew up, he they got rid of Coughlin then, and then they brought in Ben McAdoo, and they went 11-5 and five the next year. But like you said, the defense was tough. The defense was very good, and the offense, they didn't do anything other than have Odell. And honestly, I can't even remember who the hell was the running who back. Who was that running back? Yeah. yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. So that's what he was saying. He's like, we had the nasty defense. We had Eli, who's won two Super Bowls. We just need some pieces in offense. And he's like, no one – no one wants to. You know uh, what, though, Dave? And 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 this goes back. I mean, in my lifetime, I've seen four New York Giants Super Bowls. Um, but, but honestly, other than the two Super Bowl runs, Eli Manning was a mediocre. He was a 500 quarterback. They they never really had that that, you know, consistency where they were on the top of the NFC East. And when they were, you know, winning 10, 11, 12 games a year, they they really didn't. They were either, you know. 11 and I think four, one of the years. And, and, and then the year, the first year that they won it, I know seven, I think they were like, I think they were, they snuck into a 10 and six record wild card. Yeah. Wild card, you know, ran the, ran the table. Playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I get, I think New York's kind of been doing this for years now, 
Um, what, where, I, what I'm hoping is, and I guess the point of bringing this up is that I hope Judge is changing that culture and it's a buy-in, it's a win now, do do what we got to do to win now. You know what I like to see and what I, I like out of this team so far this year is their defensive line. And, and that was always the biggest thing about the Giants making deep playoff runs and winning the Super Bowl was their D-line and getting pressure on the quarterbacks. And at least the last five weeks, I've seen a lot of that. I mean, the Giants have had a lot of close games, a lot of close losses, um, you know, even almost beat Tom Brady. Um, so I just, I think that he is building that culture. I hope he is. I, you know, again, I just, I hope, I also hope the the owners give him the support he needs. Because I think that's kind of what Odell was hitting on. I think he wanted to talk more. He's like, I'll, I'll open up fully when I fully retire. Well, it must be Pat Schumer that he absolutely just despised because, you know, obviously it was Schumer that had probably a, a big hand in saying Odell doesn't fit in this system anymore. But again, you know, and this was, the, I think, the part that irks me about the whole thing about Odell. It's like Odell's a me guy. He's always been a me guy. He wants to talk about team. He wants to talk about winning and, oh, I wanted to win in New York and I wanted to win there, no, you know, no place more no than one talks in New about York. Steve antics. Yeah, I mean, guy proposed to a, 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 a fucking kicking net he proposed he fucking got on one knee and proposed to a good kicking looking, net good looking kicking that yeah no freaking handsome <laughs> <laughs> but you know you think about things like that it's like all right well look at cleveland now that he's not around that he's out of the he's out of the equation and they're playing as well as they've played all season on offense i think it took a load of pressure off baker mayfield not having to have him on the field and worry about him chirping in his ear or his antics or whatever it might be and that's what but that's why i found this interview Interesting because it came from a side of Odell that I actually agreed with because I usually never do. Mm -hmm. We'll retweet it on the Twitter if you haven't seen it yet. It's like a two-minute clip. Uh, but let's go ahead. Let's pop into this week's Here we go. Conspiracy of the Week. Ooh, there it is. Jets fire DC Greg Williams, which anyone getting fired on the Jets is nothing to um nothing to really, you know, wake up about. The goddamn Jets. <laughs> so this came after though so this came the the monday after uh or the day after tuesday so tu tuesday okay yep. so this is rex ryan describes this as the dumbest call he's ever seen been around the thing for 58 years 30 years as a coach there is a time and place for cover zero that sure ain't it it's just stupid espn stats uh this was impressive just like the analytical stats that espn has they looked up the final 15 seconds of games going back to 2006, where a team had a four to eight point lead, uh, and they were 40 plus yards out to the end zone. In 251 plays, they've never saw cover zero, not once. Now, so, explain to the listeners what a cover zero is, Dave. The cover zero is man, man, just man to man, straight man, up man to man, no and, free and blitz. So they're rushing seven, seven. The, the Jets brought seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Steve, explain why you thought this was a great move by Greg Williams. Well, that's where I think the conspiracy yes. comes into play. I think that's where the X-Files and the and the tinfoil helmets are falling into place because I'm sitting there Sunday afternoon watching this game going, the Jets are going to fucking blow it. They're going to blow getting Trevor Lawrence to New York. And I'm watching the, the Jacksonville game, and that was a close game too. I think that went into overtime with Minnesota. Um, and I'm going – don't do either of these teams they have no idea they must have no idea and i'm like it's over minute and 20 seconds left jets have the ball i'm figuring they're just gonna clock it nope they punt it and i'm still even thinking it's a huge long shot next thing i look up 
and Henry Ruggs is in the end zone for a touchdown. I think that this is all a big conspiracy that came from the top that told Greg Williams, listen, we're going to fire you, but I promise you we'll pay you the rest of your life if you blow this game for us so we can get Trevor Lawrence in New York. I thought Greg Williams was like, hey, I'm going to, I'm taking this one for the team. I'm taking this for the organization. Yeah. You know, we're running cover blue zero. And, uh, and, keep, then, and then Tuesday he wakes up and he finds out he's fired. I think he's probably like, oh, oh, I, I was your scapegoat. I mean, now you're going to fire me. At least <laughs> let me carry out the rest of the year. They're keeping his son on the staff too. You know, what pissed me off is like ESPN keep trying to debunk it, debunk Steve-O's conspiracy. And I want to just be like, fuck you ESPN. It couldn't be more clear. Well, why did they? So I, I guess my confusion is why did they fire him for it? Well, I thought it was obvious they did it to, hey, give, let's give the Raiders a shot to win the game. All right. We understand a win here isn't, isn't needed. Dave, I'm pretty sure uh, Greg Williams was in the car with, with Ben Stiller heading down to Florida to see if they could find uh, Mary because um, this is uh, how the interview went there uh, in uh, Woody Johnson's office on uh, Tuesday. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Steve, do you think – all right, two things. Do you think, one, he called the play to blow the game? And do you think, two, he thought he was taking one for the team and, and was shocked that he got fired? Or do you think it was just the dumbest call and he deserved to get fired? I don't know how Greg Williams has a job in, in the NFL. Uh, th th that's my uh, take on it. He was part of the, you know, the the debacle down there in New Orleans uh, when they, they had the hits out on players and – uh, he was paying defensive players uh, for for you know making big hits, bounties, and stuff bounties, like yeah, the bounties, the what, bounty what they scandal. called the bounties. So they had a. Uh, we should post this too. They had um, someone recorded a meeting with him, and he's just ripping into people, saying like, I forget the exact players, but say it was uh, whoever it was, like he should be decapitated. It's going on to the next person, like he should, his head should be pounding at the end of this game. This guy's knee. He'll go on to the next out. person. Yeah, this guy's knee should be taken out. So. I'm surprised he's got a job in the NFL, but I think he's a pompous asshole. And I think he's like, well, I'm going to blitz the shit out of Derek Carr because that's what we were doing earlier in the game and it worked. Well, you know, the game's not on the line. It's like, you know, all you had to do was you know, play a prevent defense yeah. well, and, and have a few guys back. So you, you don't think he was taking one for the organization? No, I don't you think, think so this at all. Just straight up a terrible call. Terrible and call. the guy completely deserved to get fired for it. Again, it's like, why even fire him? Let him suck the rest of the year. Let him keep him. That might save you Trevor Lawrence again. So you you just lost the only guy that gave you a shot at getting Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. To me, it's like, why haven't they fired Adam Gase yet? I mean, right. he's not, he, Ryan, he ain't going to be back. Ryan Clark's explanation on ESPN was, he say he was going on and on about how he knows Greg Williams and everything, but he was saying, like, they ran four deep and, like, receivers went right past him obviously it wasn't good to call so greg williams thought well we just got blown by and prevent let's man up see if that'll do anything obviously not a good call by that was ryan clark's explanation i mean it's not hard to keep to keep to keep the ball in front of you when you got 50 yards of field to to work with in 15 seconds exactly but jets jets are going to jets is that is that what they say jets going jets jets being jets jets all right, Dave. Well, moving on. <laughs> so the biggest conversation is, if you haven't heard this, obviously you're you're living under a rock here. Ohio State's game this week has been canceled. Uh, they cannot. They they previously could not qualify for the Big Ten championship. With then would have left them out of the the playoff, the NCAA playoff, with only having five wins. Big Ten went back, said, "Nope, you can be in the Big Big Ten championship." 
with now only five games played. So they will get their sixth game. But given only giving six, having six games, none against the ranked opponent except for Indiana, do they deserve to be in the playoffs? Yes. With six wins. Yes. With six wins. They're the best. You sure they're, about they're that? They're one of the four top teams in college football this year, hands down, regardless of strength of schedule, regardless of how many games that they've played. Now, I can I can step back on that and say, do I do I feel for a team like Texas A&M who might have one loss and played 11 games? And and it, actually, forget Texas A&M. Don't even think about Texas A&M. Think about the other three teams that are going to be in the playoff that have played at least 11 games this year that are probably going to have some injuries or, you know, you know, absolutely guys are going to be absolutely double the amount of games that that uh, Ohio State. So that's that's where I would say, you know what? Ohio State doesn't deserve it, but it's my own guilty pleasure. I want to see Justin Fields. I want to see that kid out on the field as much as I can. I want to see a Clemson rematch. If Clemson beats Notre Dame. Notre Dame will drop to three or to four. In my opinion, if Ohio State blows out the fighting Reese Davis is in Northwestern, they're going to jump to three. And that would leave you Bama at one. If and I I'm rolling tide. I believe I mean, come on, roll tide, roll tide. Roll tide. They're they're gonna they're gonna beat the doors off the gators. So they'll be one, two will be Clemson, three will be Ohio State, and four will be uh Notre Dame with a rematch of the 2012 national championship of Notre Dame and Alabama, which I don't know which is worse because Notre Dame's definitely a better team than they were in 2012, but Alabama's probably a better team than they were in 2012. Okay, so well. you're you're completely wrong with Ohio State. Yes. Okay. Absolutely, they have no Fill no right just because Steve-O loves Ohio State and because everyone here wants to watch them in the playoff does not mean they deserve to be in the playoffs. In no way should the, the committee put them into the playoffs. But They've the- had they played half a season at best, half a season. They played against. Pathetic Big Ten teams that honestly, like eighty percent of the Big Ten just kind of like laid on the ground I this think, year. I think you referred to them as the Little Giants. They, they, literally, the Big Ten <laughs> this year felt like the Little Giants trying to get their team together. Not the Little Giants beating the Cowboys. And by the way, the Cowboys were forty point favorites in that game. <laughs> uh, it was a Coach Spike O'Neal. is the most overrated Coach character O'Neal. of all time. Uh, but any other year, I know we're fighting for Texas A and M. We're fighting. You're fighting for Texas A and M and Florida to come in. Any other year, they're probably not sniffing. This I don't think off. Dave so much is fighting for those teams to get in. It's almost the fact that those teams came out and played a full slate of games where Ohio State's kind of, you know, trying to get in. They're changing I give you rules. this. If they played seven or eight games, uh, and, and the two or more of their games were against the little Giants and, and uh, Kevin O'Shea's Cowboys, I'd say, yeah, you Kevin played eight O'Shea. games. You played eight games. Sorry, no, you played six games. So where games. are you drawing the line? Eight, eight games. They play eight games. I think, yeah, I think you should have to play eight. Yeah, absolutely. You know what would be I awesome, Dave, and I think you posed this question. Because I think you made – hold on. You just made a, you made a great point that you didn't even realize you made. The three other teams in there played like at least three more games other. It, that is yeah. a, an exponential advantage going into the playoffs having only played six games. I so agree. not but only now you is made- it should, you're leaving someone out that should be in your place, but you're then giving the team – that did the least, the best advantage in the playoffs. All right, so here's what we do this week, and do it. But they're not gonna do it because they, they want they want. Listen, and 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 the the reality of this situation is college football needs Ohio State in the final. I agree four with that for the money factor, and everyone wants and to for just turn, the entertainment factor. Sure, I I agree for for us. I think 
everyone in this room and probably most people listening, you know, yelling at their 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 cars right now is is basically saying, yes, I want to see Ohio State as well. But again, it, it's a money thing. It, it's a business. It's big business, and Ohio State is big business. And you made a great point earlier in the week, saying, and and honestly, a lot of big time uh, media outlets ran with this. Why can't Ohio State play Texas A&M this week? They both are COVID free. Play that game. And, and that would that would eliminate anything that you would say, well, Ohio State isn't as good as A&M at this point with only six games and A&M, you know, is or isn't as good as Ohio State. Ohio State played Texas A&M. I'd go back to seven games needed to get in. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so are you saying was- Ohio State's just not injured enough? To not be able to make because that's the I mean they're playing have to play an X amount of games, whether they're healthy or not, they are a top four team. Miss Lippy's car is green. I'm I'm trying to think of a good analogy here, but like it's it's just like like the NBA is probably a, a good example. Like what's their their season? Sixty eight games. Uh, imagine a team. Imagine year, LeBron's Lakers could only play thirty games, and then they could walk into the playoffs instead of playing a full sixty eight game season. You don't think LeBron would think of that as a, as an ultimate advantage going into the playoffs? If they're the best team and they given the right seed to play for a national championship, then they deserve it. I just no no no. I'm saying, do you think it's an advantage? A hundred percent, it's an advantage. Absolutely. This if Ohio State gets in the playoff, they have an advantage over the other three teams. But I don't think I don't think they're as good as the other three. All right. Teams. So here's the other question Ohio State's not as good as the other three. Teams. I don't think they're as as good as those other three teams. I don't think they have been together long enough. I don't think they've played consistently. That's what I was saying. Enough. So who's to say experience doesn't make it unfair to amount of teams, the amount to be able to. Um, adapt week to week. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. But what I'm saying is like, you know, right now, I think even uh, a one loss Notre Dame, if they lose to Clemson is better than an undefeated Ohio state. But after that, those three, I think Ohio state's the, you just think the drop off there's, there's no one there to really Florida or Texas. M really, really don't get to fill that. Florida's the nice thing here that is Florida gets their opportunity. They do get to play Alabama. They beat Alabama. They're in. That's why I would think Texas A&M would want to play Ohio state so they can have that buying. You beat Ohio state. You're in. Right. Right. Um, my other one, or just one other question I wanted to pose was because it bothered me. I think the way Ohio State played in 2019 is having a massive effect on them even being in consideration right now. If Justin Fields didn't step foot, if no one knew who he was prior to his first game in 2020, would you care that much to even watch Ohio State? I don't would think the emotional side of you even think that they should be in. So there was two teams fighting to play this year in the Big Ten, and it was Nebraska and it was Ohio State. I don't think if Justin Fields was relative at the time of the beginning of the season, like you're saying, I don't think Ohio State would have fought as much. It's almost like Coach K in basketball like right that. now saying that, well, my team's two and two. They're not gelling. They, 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 they're, to the eye test, not a good basketball team right now. We shouldn't be playing football. Almost like Michigan. Forget basketball. Yeah. Michigan. Michigan folded the season. Folded the season. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if you're bringing up numbers or COVID or this. A that, lot of bad other. teams leveraged COVID to basically like write off a terrible football season. Yeah. Yep. And and, and Michigan, I'm sure I'm sure part of it had to do with it, but it was a level playing field. You're also playing teams that are dealing with the same same exact circumstances that you situations. Are. Right. Yeah. Dave, the college football 
playoff is best put by Bob Sugar from Jerry Maguire. It's not show friends, it's show business. It's show business, baby. This is show business. So let's move on. Still, let's let's go ahead. Let's pop back into the NFL here. And so uh, we talked about Wentz quite a bit. And so our boy Wentz got benched uh, for Jalen Hurts, who came in last week and is starting this week. So it's official. He's on the bench. Hurts is in. They conveniently announced that yesterday, five minutes after Ohio State and Michigan announced that they canceled their game. So it flew under the radar. Yeah, a, a little bit. And so huge opportunity for... Uh, Hertz, obviously, who I think a lot of people wondered why they drafted him in the in the second round, which clearly uh, the Eagles weren't weren't convinced Wentz is their guy. But this was a draft where we can blame we can blame Wentz for not producing. But at the same time, we got to give a little uh, we got to beat up a little bit on the Eagles here for the amount of receivers that are doing phenomenal in their rookie year and how the Eagles didn't select one. They did. Like, you got to give him no, some No, that's help. the worst oh, they part. They did. They did. You're they, right, right. They, they, they took uh, a guy out of TCU. I think only the diehards are going to pick up on this one. Jalen Rager uh, out of TCU. Took him 21st overall. This guy was drafted in front of, quite arguably, some Rookie of the Year candidates here. You have Justin Jefferson, who went 22nd to the Vikings. You have T. Higgins went in the second round. Brandon Ayuk went 25th to the Ayuk. Niners. Ayuk might have had COVID early in there, but I don't know. Michael Pittman Jr. went to the Colts in the second round. K.J. Hamler went to the Denver Broncos. All those guys have been having better uh, statistical years than uh, Jalen Rager is for the Eagles. Uh, and, and you didn't even mention Chase Claypool out of the bunch. So, And actually, arguably, Chase Claypool might be the closest to Justin Jefferson for Rookie of the Year candidate. He's having a huge year uh, for the Steelers. He was the 49th overall pick. Uh, out of all of them. So he was actually the last uh, wide receiver out of the guys uh, that we just named taken. And they're all staying healthy other than um, Ayuk did have uh, missed two weeks with, with the COVID-19 uh, protocol. But, uh, you know, it's, I think it falls back a lot on the Eagles failing to put weapons around Carson Wentz. Yeah. And so, uh, not not a great place for Hurts to pick up either facing uh, the Saints with one of the top defenses there in New Orleans. But so bringing up kind of rookie of the year on a previous COD podcast, we spoke of the odds, uh, the rookie of the year, you know, odd payouts. And so one, one thing to mention here, Justin Jefferson went from plus 2200 to plus 250. Uh, Justin Herbert still the, the heavy favorite at, at minus uh, 350, but some other some other ones to to make mention to. James Robinson went from plus twenty thousand to plus twenty five hundred. And Dave, I he was at, undrafted. He was an undrafted. Um, he was signed the Rams. Right yeah. Okay, he's running back for the Rams. No, 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 no the Jaguars. No. Jaguars. Oh, he's got FCS a Jaguar. guy. Yeah, he's got it all duct taped. Yep. yep. All right. Okay. Third leg. He's running FCS on FCS guy. All right. Yeah. No. I, I, be honest with you. I don't. That's how pitiful like the Jaguars are right now is I don't know who their top running back is. Uh, and then Tua, Tua actually trended in the wrong direction this year, plus 1,400 to plus 1,800. And then uh, Chase Claypool, your boy, plus 5,000 down to plus 1,800. David, I, 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 honestly, if you got Justin Jefferson at plus 2,200, you got to be feeling very good with yourself because Justin Herbert has been trending down. Well, that's what I wanted weeks. to ask you. Do you think he's a good buy at plus 250? 
I think there's some value there. Sure, I agree. Herbert's value. starting to go down a little bit, and they got no wins. I mean, where the chances are, I mean, they Burrow's some, out of the running, so right. you don't have to worry about him. He's injured. He's out. Um, so there aren't any big name quarterbacks. Tua Tua had a good week last week, but he's still he's not he's not putting it. up he's rookie of the year it. numbers, and he he didn't start the first five games of the year. So you know, it's it it it, it Justin Jefferson's great value even at two fifty. But if you got him at twenty two hundred, you're you're like you're like uh, my man in white. You're going to start sizzling. massaging his hamstrings with evaporated milk before games. <laughs> Make sure he's ready. Let's go ahead. Let's get into some of the, the games of the week for this week, starting with college. We got number nine, Georgia, minus 13 and a half versus Missouri with an over-under of 53. Steve, who, who do you like in this one? Is JT Daniels leading the dogs? So, you know, games like this, you look at uh, two ranked teams playing each other. Uh, you're almost looking like, is there anything to play for for these two teams? What 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 do they have a value to really go after right now? And for Georgia's uh, sake, uh, they they've got a newer six bowl, and, and that's big money for their schools. Um, that's a big recognition for programs. Um, so if, if Georgia uh, wins this game, they will qualify for a New Year's uh, New Year six uh, bowl game. I really think the last two weeks uh, that Georgia has played, they they've been they've missed uh, a week with with COVID there, but. Um, JT Daniels really stepped in and has been that quarterback that I think Georgia was missing earlier in the season where they did find themselves, um, really not holding their own against the, the upper uh, echelon of the sec. So I think JT Daniels and, uh, and company, I, I think they get it done even at 13 and a half. And, uh, I, I like the over in this game too, Dave, Missouri put up 50 spot against Arkansas last week. And George has been, I think, averaging over 30 points a game with JT Daniels uh, behind center. So I like the dogs and I like the overs. Number one, Alabama against Arkansas. Alabama minus 32 here. Roll tide till tide rolls you. Are you, are you staying with it, Steve? Dave, that's They're lot. paying you. That's a lot of fucking points. I, here's my thing. It's like, so roll tide? Not so fast, Dave. I, I, I know. I know. I said it. Roll tide until the tide rolls me, Dave. But they've they've got more to look look forward to than this Arkansas game. So 32 points. If it was 20 this points. This was week three. Are you taking Alabama? Roll tide. Roll tide. They're gonna dog them. But now, now you gotta look at you gotta look at the future here. You gotta look at like what we said earlier in the podcast about a team like Ohio State who is rested. If if, if Alabama gets up 21 at halftime. Game over. They're they're done. They're the foot's off the pedal. They're staying healthy. They, they they can't. They cannot afford to have Devontae Smith go out with an injury the way Jalen Waddle did earlier in the season. They can't have Mac Jones go down. It, it can't happen. So they have to keep their guys healthy. Arkansas, even though they gave up a lot of points to a Missouri team, I just don't think the same mindset and the same cutthroat mentality that Bama has had thus far this season. Um, you know, what we saw what they did to LSU last week. I just don't see them having the foot on the throttle the whole game. So kind of like what I did last week with the with, Ohio. with, with um no with with Syracuse uh getting all those points against uh Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm saying so my bad. So the opposite on Ohio, they have to roll teams. Right. So Ohio State needs them style points. Of, yes. Bama doesn't right now. Bama needs healthy. They need to, to be healthy for the SEC championship next week. And uh, I think that they're going to take the foot off the pedal. So I, I'm, I'm not. To his injury time. last year is definitely in the back of their mind. 
good no point, doubt, Rue. No doubt. So I'm I'm definitely not gonna roll tide in this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give the points or I'm gonna take the points and take the Razorbacks. And then uh number 17, North Carolina at number 10, Miami. Miami's favored by three and a half with an over under of 64 and a half. Uh, does could a win here mean anything for Miami this year? So a win for the U, Dave puts them in the in in a New Year's six game as well. Um, they would be top three in the ACC. They're 10th ranked right now. So it would definitely more than likely if Clemson beats Notre Dame, uh, Miami is the next best team in the ACC. So that's going to probably put them in a New Year's six game. The only thing I, I'm looking at here, I, I think this is going to be a close game. Um, I think UNC can put up points and I know the line's only three and a half, but you're giving me the hook. You're going to give me the hook with that half a point. I'm going to take UNC to cover. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think they're going to win the game. I think they cover. So I'm going to roll with the Tar Heels uh, so on Saturday. I think it's going to be a close one. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think it's going to come down to you know the final minutes. And uh, I think Carolina covers, and I'm going to, I'm going to roll with Sam Howell. And so not, not a headline game, but uh, when Steelers bet in the Seminoles, we, we want to know why. Uh, they're playing Duke. They're favored by four and a half. Jordan Travis is healthy this game. Why do you think the Knolls are going to cover? Basically because of Jordan Travis's health. So Big Anth, uh, Florida State Insider, Warchant.com uh, headliner here came came with a, a text message to me uh, about an hour ago, basically saying that Florida State's healthy, ready to go, but there's questions behind Duke's program to see uh, there, there may or may not be um, a level of uh, uncertainty to where they're standing here with the, with the, you know, the pandemic and and COVID. So, you uh, think this one might get canceled again, which would just be heartbreaking because as bad as Florida State uh, might have played, I think this week would have been a get right game for them. They are, they are minus a lot of players. They've had a lot of players opt out. Few guys enter the transfer uh, portal. But I just think that Jordan Travis is a very dynamic quarterback. Duke didn't do well at all. I think they lost 45 nothing to Miami last week with Derek King, who's also a dynamic quarterback. So Florida State at home, given four and a half points, I'm taking it all day. Might even be one of my best bets of the day, but I guess we'll we'll find out tomorrow, which will be Thursday, to whether or whether uh, this game will or will not be played. So uh, if 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 it does come to fruition, they do play the game. I'm rolling with the Knowles, Seminoles, War Chant, all that. Happy Go Knowles! Go Knowles! Let's go ahead. Let's let's transfer into the NFL here. Got a few games looking to to look forward to this week, starting with the G Men versus the Cardinals. Cardinals are uh, minus two and a half. So. Uh, I guess the first question here is is what's the status of Daniel Jones? So I think that's that's going to come into to play. So there's no clear definition to where Daniel Jones stands right now. I think the Giants are optimistic that he will play. Uh, I did read a report uh, yesterday that Joe Judge basically had to restrain Daniel Jones from wanting to get out on the field to dress up to play. Uh, he was in street clothes on Sunday. Um, but I think they're doing everything they possibly can do, and they're going to ramp up practice this week, and they are optimistic that he will be able to play next week. Um, I think the big thing will be, can he be effective uh, with his legs with a hamstring injury? Um, but I, I like getting points. I like home teams getting points. Uh, Giants defense is playing great, as as we 
you know, described to the listeners earlier in the podcast. I think they can keep Kyler under wraps, but I definitely think that the offense needs to do more and, and to show more. So I think a lot of that falls on Daniel Jones. Yeah, I definitely haven't been on the Daniel Jones bandwagon, at least not not full bodied on it, but uh, I do like his toughness. I, I respect it. I think, uh, and I think the team is, has bought into him. Uh, we got the Vikings plus six and a half versus the Buccaneers uh, over under is 51 uh, bucks. Bucks are off a bye, but are, have lost the last three of the four games. So the bucks are, are given six and a half at home uh, off a bye to the Vikings here. Uh, Vikings definitely need this game to, to stay in playoff contention. Um, they, they've, they've been hot of late, so they've been, they've been staying in the hunt. Um, but Dave, Tom Brady's 13 and three, uh, in his career off a of bye. I think this That's is like the statistic that we usually give you the week after. <laughs> <laughs> so he's <laughs> exactly. So it's, he's 13 and three, uh, you know, off the bye. I just think this was a kind of a, a get right week for the Bucks. I think they had a few guys that had some lingering injuries that maybe got some time to heal up. And I also think that Tom Brady needed a little bit more time with his offense and in practice mode and in Bruce Arians as well, because I don't think either of them have been on the same page. So I'm looking for Tom Brady, big win here. And uh, big I'm, win. I got a question for you. Are. Are you going to the mall later? That's what I'm asking. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm giving the points. Uh, I'm taking the Bucks at home. Chiefs minus seven at Dolphins with over 49 and a half. A tough matchup for Tua. Steve, who do you like here? Dave, I say not so fast to a tough not matchup. Not so fast. Not so fast like uh, Coach Lee Corso uh, in his uh, in his older years. Um, but Chiefs are six and six against the spread this year, Dave. Dolphins are nine and three against the spread. Seven points is a lot of points uh, to be given here. Chiefs actually have not their their record is 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 very good, um, but they haven't blown teams out. Uh, the wins that they have had have been like three points or less. Um, for the last five weeks. And uh, I, I like the way Miami's defense is playing. I think kind of like what Denver's defense did against the Chiefs on Sunday night. And I know the refs kind of got into play. I still think the Dolphins defense can hold Patrick Mahomes at bay. I, I, I'm, I'm fins up, cover city, taking the fins. Yeah, the last four weeks they haven't. They've only won by one score there, yeah. uh, the Chiefs. Yep, so they've been close games, and I think this will be another close game. Dolphins have a lot to lose. Uh, they've got to stay, you know, in the hunt for for the division title. So I just – I like the way Tua played last week. Um, I think he definitely stepped up his game, you know, coming off the few weeks off with his injury. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the points here and take the fins. Uh, and then starting the 4 o'clock games, the Colts are minus 2.5 versus the Raiders. Um Raiders are coming off an electric win to the Jets <laughs> on the final play of the game, which we discussed earlier. Um, do, the Raiders are, are hard to figure out this year. What do you think they do against the Colts? So if the Raiders win, they leapfrog the Colts for the last playoff spot in the AFC. So I think that's kind of a huge determining factor. Another Home team getting points. Give me the points. Give me the Raiders. John Gruden and company gets it done back-to-back -back weeks here and surprises everybody. So this next game, you have the, the football team plus three versus uh, the 49ers. Dave, uh, I got to say. Three and a half. Why, why, why are we talking about this one? So I got to say something. Even my 10-year-old. So the, the, the Washington played 
uh, Monday night football this week. And it was a great game. They beat the undefeated Steelers. My 10-year-old daughter goes, Daddy, what is that stupid name, the football <laughs> team? I'm like, come on. Like I said, you know what? They kind of, you know, they got into the trouble with the with their with their old name and they had it for a hundred years and they just never really came up with another name. In this offseason, Viking or uh Redskin fans, Washington fans, Emery, come on, let's make a petition to get an actual real football name here. But so uh, another game where, you know, playoff implications are uh, are kind of on the line. You got Washington uh, tied atop of the NFC least uh, with the New York Giants. And then the, the 49ers are, are still hanging around. Um, 49ers have lost four out of their last five. Um, and then w- Washington has won three out of their last five and actually three in a row. But the only major difference that I see between those two teams is strength of schedule. 49ers have played way tougher competition than than Washington has. So I'm going to – I know it's not a home game, but it is a home game. It's in Arizona. I'm going to give the points. I'm going to take the Niners in this one. Also, my rooting interest is for the for the football team to lose so the Giants stay, uh, you know, stay ahead of them in the a- N- NFC East. Then the 11-1 Steelers uh, coming off a loss to Washington, as you mentioned, plus one versus the Bills. Um, I'd argue that the Steelers are the worst 11-1 team uh, in history. Maybe history's uh, a stretch, but that we've seen in a long time. They have a tough kind of end to their season playing the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns. Uh, how do you think this one uh, works out for the for the Steelers? Well, like you said, you know, eleven and one, uh, probably the one of the worst eleven and one teams. I, you know what, Dave? The Bills have a lot to lose too. They got to stay. They got to stay ahead of of the Dolphins here. Um, they're coming to Buffalo. Steelers offense has has looked mediocre at best uh, the last few weeks. Can't get it done in the red zone. Big Ben just looks old and fat. I would agree I like with that. that. He he looks like uh, Will Ferrell. His receivers are young and healthy, though. There's uh, there's definitely a uh, they can't catch. There. They can't catch. And even Mike Tomlin came out last week and said, if they can't get these simple, you know, receptions down, we're gonna find people that can make these catches. Right. You know, whether he does or he doesn't, or it's just kind of a, a dig at his guys. But you know, their 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 offense has definitely. Not been playing well. They've they lost Bud Dupree on the defensive line, which is a huge pass rusher uh, for that defense. Um, on on so it, you're you're basically able to now double team uh, T.J. Watt and kind of keep him at bay uh, on the defense. So I just think Buffalo and their offense. Um, so Bills given a point at home. I, I still I, I like yeah, it. Home dog. What are you talking about? No, it's no, plus. Uh, Steelers are plus one. Yeah. All right, guys, so this week's Stewart's Buttered Hard Roll Pick of the Week. I'm rolling with the Longhorns, Texas Longhorns, traveling to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the Jayhawks, given 29 and a half points. We all might say that's a lot of points, but let's be honest, they're playing Kansas. Coming off a a big win, 38-point win against Kansas State last week, uh, an opponent that beat uh, Kansas earlier in the season by 34 points. I think the Longhorns really need a statement, uh, not necessarily a statement win, but they need to to keep the foot on the pedal uh, as the season uh, you know finishes out here. They got to finish strong, big wins. I think Tom Herman's really kind of in an awkward position to where he's fighting for his job and he he wants his team to to really 
put up some points and, and blow some teams out. So I'm rolling with the Stewart's Water Hard Roll Pick of the Week. Texas Longhorns uh, lay the points on the road. Love the Longhorns. Let's go. Let's go. That's going to wrap another episode. <laughs> Steve, I'm take us into the weekend. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk. What? Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk? Yeah, Cover City. I wonder if Kyle uh, from Road Trip is going to still be in Lawrence uh, like he was at the hoop game the other day. All painted up. All-time movie legend. Butter hard roll pick of the week. Don't put the don't put the pancakes down your pants just yet, Kyle, because Texas is coming to town, baby. Guys, great, great episode this week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Cover City Sports. Let's get this party started. It's Christmas season, baby. Dip it.